You're listening to Everything in the Gym Podcast. This is a fitness fun episode. Ready? Hello, hello. Welcome back to Everything in the Gym. I am your host, Shelby. That's me. <laughs> no, today I'm the guest on the show. From season one, we have Pete. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Yes. We are excited to have you back. <clears throat> The last time I recorded with you, you made a comment about you are not in a proper bulk if you can still see your abs. <laughs> and that has eaten at me almost every single day because <laughs> I am eating more, but I nurtured my abs for so long and I was able to like hold them for well over a year. And now that like I am eating more, they are going away and I'm like, no, but Pete says. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's break that down for a second. That's not, that is not a practice that everybody needs to live by. Yeah. Okay. That like, there's plenty of people that have a physique where they can put on muscle tissue, but they can't put on, um, they can't put they can't put on a lot of fat. Like just stuff doesn't stick to them well. There's people that are eating like pizzas and stuff to make their macros, and they're getting shreds, dude. And I'm like not, you know. So it's <laughs> like you know, and, and they'll finish like a whole twelve week bulk or sixteen week bulk. And the only difference between them as one week and sixteen weeks is well, they still have abs, but you can't see like the graininess in their muscles. Right, because their skin's not so lean. This is all subcutaneous fat, right? So once you take away the fat from underneath your skin, you're, you start to see more definition. Veins popping out, your forearms. You ever seen a man with forearms, you know, like popping out? You're like, oh, God, that's a man right there, you know? And you see that because there's lean definition in his arm. You know, sometimes... You know, I, I don't hold a lot of I don't hold a lot of fat in my arms or legs. So I've always had like in a bulk. I've always had a nice a nice physique. Um, my legs are very lean, so I'm only putting muscle on. Like my my legs are looking very awesome because I can't put on fat. I can only put on muscle, and I've always had very vascular legs. So right now, every time like I lift and just eat a bunch of food, I I'll, I even eat like cookies after leg day. Only because it's a leg day and I'm trying to, um, I would rather give up the, again, this isn't like, this isn't science like, or this isn't exact unless you're like hooked up to a monitor all day. That's tracking how many calories you burn and all that stuff. Um, this isn't exact. So I would rather put on fat knowing that I recovered fully and I got as much muscle recovery and muscle growth than to say, maybe I shouldn't eat that cookie. Um, and not fully recover on my growth because a leg day is going to take a lot of it's going to take a lot of calories from you um so you need a lot of calories in order to supplement i mean i particularly need a lot of calories in order to supplement what i have on leg days and i have two leg days a week so i get to have cookies two times a week but um i always have bananas before and after the gym anyways but i do do like a cookie or a cheesecake or something on leg days all the time i always have junk food not junk sugar on it like always have a sweet but i always have a sweet because i'm trying to i always have a sweet because i'm trying to spike my insulin and get insulin is the hormone that builds muscle so i'm always trying to spike my my insulin as much as i possibly can right after the um right after the uh, workout but um as far as the bulk versus shred what was the original question you asked (laughs) what constitutes oh the stomach the stomach the abs you were asking uh, yes but going into (laughs) What 
makes a bulk a bulk and what makes a shred a shred? Well, a calorie surplus and a calorie deficit makes a calorie deficit makes a shred a shred and or or a weight loss phase and a calorie surplus makes a growth phase. So in in this world we'll call it a growth phase and a competition phase. So a growth phase is off season you're putting on muscle tissue and then a competition phase is a shredding phase basically. So um yeah like I said a calorie surplus you're not you can't build muscle without a calorie surplus. So calorie surplus and then a calorie deficit. Um as far as the whole abs thing that is um that's just a that's like an OG um like <laughs> that's like a OG like comment that somebody makes like it's not just it's not just somebody it's it's widely known in the bodybuilding world but not everybody follows by that rule some guys don't have to do that you know i have to do that i don't have that choice like i have to when i get when i eat food when i get like eat a lot of food and i'm like in a growth phase i have to get husky and big in order to put on muscle tissue i can't like lean bulk. I, I can lean bulk I, and I am lean bulking. I mean, I still have a little bit of my abs left, but by the end of this, I shouldn't really have many abs. And <clears throat> I mean, abs, you'll probably lose abs somewhere around 15% in a male around 13 to 15% body fat. I mean, if I'm 15% body fat and I have four months to cut, that's, well, I need to lose 10%. And that's probably what 2.5 pounds Per percent, so that's twenty five pounds of fat, and I have to do that in four months. So we're talking. I can lose two pounds of fat in a week. I can lose two pounds of fat in a week. So I don't need. I need what ten weeks to do that, and we're talking about a sixteen week cut. So I do really you, only need ten. Do you taper into that? So, so you're eating all of these calories for your bulk. Will you eventually taper down to your lower amount, or do you just go like? Okay, today I'm on bulk, and tomorrow I'm on shred. Uh, no, you um, – no, yeah, I'll taper. Yeah, yeah, I'll lower my calories. Well, right now I'm on – right now I'm eating a, 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 lean, a lean bulk. I'm on a small calorie surplus. So I'm only eating <clears throat> 250 to 500 calories extra a day. I mean, again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not hooked up to any monitors. So I don't even know that to be true. You know, I could be working out really hard. I don't know if I burned 300 calories or if I burned 900 calories. We don't know that. Um, I will say, though, that this is a growth phase. It's off season. Um, I, this is the fitness world. I don't need to be tight and stringent all the time. So, again, like <clears throat> kind of what you're going about earlier about people's opinion of, of, of myself and everything. I know there's been a million people before me that have done it this way, and there will be a million people after me that have done it this way. Like if there is some, you know, some dude that wants to listen to this podcast and say something like, oh, that was really stupid that he said that. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, I know that I'm going to lose the weight. I know I'm going to step on stage. I know that I'm putting on muscle tissue. So, like, really, how what does it matter to you? Because at the end of the day, um, you know, the training uh, regimen – like if I put on more fat, that just means I have more, more fat to lose. Honestly, it really means nothing. It means I just have to put in more effort to lose the weight. Some guys don't have to put in as much effort to lose the weight because they don't have as much fat on there. Um, I don't really think I'm doing much damage by, you know, adding some sugar to my post-workout. I mean, not only, not all the time I do a cheesecake. Sometimes I'll do like a, like some honey, you know, or like whatever, or like a 
small bowl of cereal or something like that. Like literally only something for some carbs and some sugars. Um, but yeah, you'll taper down into it. And then eventually what you want to do is you want to go to, you want to start with a small calorie deficit, right? Cause we want to preserve as much muscle tissue as we possibly can. So we want to go into a small calorie deficit and just gradually chip away at the fat. Just, you'll see it. That's why you put a shirt on and turn your mirrors around. Cause you're not going to see it day by day. In fact, you can eat low calories and then tomorrow step on, step on a scale, look in the thing and you're going to be all bloated and you're going to be five pounds up. And that's where a coach comes into play. That's where a coach comes into play all the time. I especially like, for example, like I have, you know, people are so over consumed with the idea that weight drop equals fat loss. And we don't, I don't necessarily work like that. Actually, a lot of my clients don't drop weight immediately in their first couple weeks because, or in their first week or so, because I'm trying to get them to have nutrition. You know, I'm trying to get them to be like, okay, I understand that you want to lose weight, but like, I just posted a video about this like two days ago. Like a common myth is like weight loss equals no food. And like, that's not how we do things. It's not how I want to do things. And that's also another thing in my consultation process, like my application process, I won't take certain clients because it's like, I'm not gonna, I can, I mean, I have, uh, I have a, a application form that kind of answers it for me. You know, like there's certain ways that people answer certain questions and I, I can kind of just tell based off the bat, like, okay, this person and I are not going to be a good fit for each other. So, um, <clears throat> You know, that's kind of what it is. But, um, but yeah, you, I, I definitely just gradually pull away some nutrition, yeah. just a little bit of calories. And I want to, but as it gets further in, like the leaner you get, the harder it's going to be. So you will need to chip away at calories more and more and more. Start pulling. Not only are you getting smaller, so you have to decrease your calories. Cause it, I mean, if you're at 2,500 calories because you're a 200, let's just, I'm going to use regular yeah. whatever numbers if you're at 2500 calories because you're a 250 pound male and you're trying to get down to 230 pounds you're not going to be at 2500 calories by the time you get to th- 230 pounds because your body doesn't require that that's not a five that's not a 500 calorie deficit um two like 2500 calories at a 230 man that you're going to need <clears throat> you're going to need like less calories than that not now again we're just shooting numbers but even you could like, you could maybe need 1900 calories at that point i don't know but this is all case by case is something that you're going to, this is again, this is what a coach is for, but um, you know, I call them aces. I call them aces. So I even have clients that like, can we pull out an ace? Like, is it time for an ace? Like I've always, I'll tell them like, I'll, I, I call it, my aces are a back pocket trick. And so typically what it is, is like, I want to start you because every time, especially so there's two types of clients. There's ones that like, they haven't started the program yet and they need somebody to be like, get to it. Or, um, I've already started and I need to, um, like I've hit a plateau. Okay. Well, I'm telling you right now that 90% of my plateau clients are infatuated with cardio, infatuated with cardio. And they are, um, are, they are so it's like. 45 minutes a day, seven days a week. And it's like, homegirl, you need a break. You know, like you're not eat, like you had one tuna sandwich and a protein snack. And the only reason she had a tuna sandwich, she don't even like tuna. 
you know, she just had tuna because <laughs> she, she just had tuna because she was like, that's lean protein. <laughs> that's the title of this episode. She doesn't even like tuna. She don't even like tuna. <laughs> so, you know, like, it's like, you know, it's like, um, it's like that and like maybe a little bit of rice or like whatever it is. And it's like, I mean, I'll give you, like, I'll give you a pat on the back, having a little bit of rice. You know, I, I'm a fan, like, <clears throat> protein is the number one thing to establish, all right, in a weight loss period, in a weight loss phase, okay? But when you have gone past the second step, okay, when you are an advanced lifter, you'll start understanding that, you'll start understanding the benefit behind other nutrients. I don't even, uh, when it comes to car, when it comes to building muscle, like, when it comes to building muscle, okay, like, you would think, um, what's the thing that you heard... I don't know if you heard this, but <clears throat> what's the thing that you heard when you were, when you were young, right? And I remember when I was young, um, I would look at other dudes that were like young, like me, and they had like better physiques or whatever than me and like high school football kids. Right. And I was like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, as soon as we're done in the gym, we have a protein shake, you know? And it's like, I look at that logic now and let alone the fact that the the supplement industry is a billion like multi-billion dollar industry so they have convinced us that as soon as we get done a workout we need to consume 25 grams of whey protein because it's a fast digesting protein and that's the best okay well that's totally fine but did you have protein the rest of the day like okay cool so you had two eggs for breakfast of a, a, a protein shake after and you're gonna have um, a piece of chicken for dinner. That's like 90 grams of protein. You're a 140 pound person, you know, or like, that's like, that's not even 90, like two, two eggs is like two eggs is like, I think it's like 10 grams of protein. So 25 gram shake, four ounce chicken breast. That, that's six. That's 55 grams right there. Plus 10 grams of protein. That's 65 grams right there. That's 65 grams of protein. You're not losing weight. You're not feeding your muscles. Your body's not metabolizing anything at that point. You're just, you're just getting rid of that. <laughs> so, so yeah. like, that's not, like, that's not nothing. So you need food. Like, you need protein. You need to establish protein as your, as your base first and foremost. But going back to what I was saying about the protein industry, like the fitness industry, like, they have convinced us now to the point, really, it's just a sales tactic. It's just a sales tactic. They told you, oh, in order for you to gain muscle, you need to have a protein shake after the gym. Well, you didn't have any other macronutrients besides that. Like, I guarantee you, I, I promise you, I promise you, people that are watching this video right now, I promise you, if you go to the gym and you just have a protein shake after and you barely had four meals other than that or three meals other than that, you are not putting on muscle tissue at all. Like, obviously... I'm sure that there's somebody out there that could, that could make the argument of something else. Like if, you know, if you're eating two meals a day and you're having enough, like, I don't know if you're in some type of like weird fasted program where you're having a hundred grams of protein per meal. I mean, our body can really only digest enough protein at one point. So I don't really see how that's going to be beneficial. I think that if you're in a growth phase, you need to spread out your meals more often, but anyways, all right. So this is, this is what I mean by that, by that, um, that's, that's sales pitch. Okay. So we have, we have now convinced ourselves that in order for us to grow, we need to have a protein shake right after the gym, but that alone is not going to do it. In fact, that won't do anything at all. If 
you don't have the other proper nutrition. So if you're fasting, okay, let's say you're going to the gym fasting and you're in a growth phase, which is not, is not recommended at all. But let's say that you were to do that, right? I definitely, you definitely want carbs before your workout to give you enough energy for an intense workout. But I promise you in a growth phase, a priority that you want to do is have a fast digesting carb along with your protein. So yes, have the protein, have the protein. Like there, that is true. Like have a protein after your shake. It's, oh, of course it's recommended to have protein after your workout. That's definitely recommended. I mean, I'm not going to tell you (laughs) not to have protein. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you not to have it, but, but, um, what I would, what my, my actual, like my, my regimen, what I do is as soon as I'm done, I mean, I eat all meals. I don't have any shakes, but that's not for any special reason. I'm not like some special person. I just don't have any shit. I, I don't have a problem with eating seven meals a day. I don't, I like it. I find, um, amusement in it, right? Like it keeps me busy. So I like doing it and it keeps my metabolism going and all that stuff. So, um, I just eat whole food, right? I just eat all, like all chicken, all rice. I don't have, I like it. I enjoy it. How many, do you go, do you go full through a full chicken? What? Do you eat a full chicken every um, day? I use it as a three pound bag. Yeah. How I have fast th- do you go through that? Every day, a three pound bag. And we'll go to like, we'll go to like, um, we'll go to the commissary on base. Cause at Walmart, it's like $10 at the commissary. It's like six bucks. So I'll go there with like a hundred bucks at the commissary and I'll get like 14 bags of chicken. And my, my fridge is just packed up for like t- next week and a half or whatever. Two weeks, whatever it is. It depends. Sometimes sometimes I... Uh, no, I mean... I also don't eat chicken every day. I don't eat... I don't, I don't meal prep on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sunday is the only day I don't meal prep. So I, I meal prep because I work remotely and I work from home and I have the time to do this stuff. I wake up every morning, go to my boot camp, come back home. I wake up, I wake up cook my eggs and oats, go to boot camp, come back, cook all my food in an air fryer at once... And then I'll uh, plate it, and then I'll just eat it throughout the day. But Sunday, I won't do that. Sunday, I'll have – typically, I'll have red meat only because I want red meat. So I'll have, like, a burger. Like, I'll have, like, a burger with lean fat – with, like, lean le- – like, low fats. And I'll cook it in olive oil so I can healthy fats, right? So I'll have a burger, a lean, a lean patty, and then I'll have, like – I'm – I'm a fan of carbs, so, um, and I'm a fan of carbs, not because I'm one of those people that, like, enjoys carbs and can't get rid of them on my diet. I'm a fan of carbs because carbs are so beneficial, so I'll have, I'll have carbs on my rest day, as Sunday's my rest day, so, but I'll have, like, a sandwich, not with, like, you know, not with crap, but I'll have, like, a sandwich with, like, some, like, no sugar, uh, no sugar ketchup, low-fat cheese, um, you know, two pieces of bread. Like I want some, I want some damn carbs, you know? And then for dinner I'll have, and then for dinner I'll have a steak and potato, you know? And then I'll, I'll, I'll eat more throughout the day. Like I might get, um, I might get like some chicken wings, um, like, like the, the, the good ones though, like not the prepackaged ones. Like I'll get the, um, well, they are prepackaged, but like, it's the, like, it's the fresh ones from the, like you pick it up from the refrigerator. It's not like the ones that are like frozen. So I'll get that and I'll like pick the skin off of it and like air fry those. So I got like air fried, like wings, pretty cool. Watch football game doing that. But you can, I mean, 
usually I eat like four or five times on my rest days. Um, and I don't really track. I just try to hit my protein. That's it. I, I just try to hit like three, 400 grams of protein. That's not my normal protein goal. My normal protein goal is like 260 right now. 200, 280 right now. I think that's what I'm getting in a day. Um, Actually, I think I'm getting in 300 when you include the rice and the oats and everything because rice and oats have, have protein in them as well. But, um, but yeah, I'm only um, – I think I'm, I'm at like 300 to, with, with all of it together. But just chicken, I have 280 grams um, of protein. And, um, but on my rest days, I'll prioritize, um, I'll prioritize protein. And I'm only going to prioritize protein because I just want to keep my metabolism running, digest food. I want the um, – I want the, um, the food to go into my, um, you know, into my protein, uh, into my muscles, uh, the protein to go into my muscles. Um, but I will go lower on carbs and fats because it is a rest day and I'm not expending energy. I'm sitting down all day long. I don't work on Sunday. I don't work on Sunday. I'll work, um, like I'll work for my clients. Like if they text me or call me or whatever, then I'll respond. But like typically, um, I don't take on any new business on Sundays. Um, and I try not to do it on Saturdays either, but yeah, Sundays I'm totally resting rest, rest and recovery is it. So you were trying to build muscle protein, of course, but let's, um, let's act like we like, let's act like we've been here before. Right. So take the protein, take the protein, <laughs> right. You got to take the protein. We already know we're getting a certain amount of protein. Now we need carbs and we need rest. Yeah. That is the two biggest things. As soon as I'm done in the gym, as soon as I'm done in the gym in a growth phase, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this in a cutting phase too. Um, and even during the gym, I think that that's so funny. Even during the gym, during the gym, I have a carb shake, a shake with 25 grams of carbs. Because I'm trying to always, constantly get nutrition, always get nutrition fed. I'll even put a little bit of baking soda in there because the, because the sodium just drives nutrition straight to the muscle. I have the best pumps in the world because I have carbs, I have salt, I have water. I'm drinking two, two gallons a day at minimum if I can. I mean, that, again, I'm, 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 a, I'm a very large person. So I'm drinking as – I'm trying to drink two gallons of water a day. Try, I try to drink more than that, but um, – but yeah, the first thing, like I'm drinking carbs during, I'm, I'm having carbs right before throughout like multiple, like three meals before the gym, I'm having carbs. So I have energy for an intense workout during the workout. I'm drinking like a fruity carb drink. I, I get mine. <laughs> I get mine from Max and Sledge. Use my code TP fit for 10% off. <laughs> um, but no, I no, legitimately though. Um, uh, it's not. That's not, um, that's actually what I do, um, is I, I have a carb shake from demo days The is the one that I use. There's plenty of them that you can get on Amazon, but I have carbs throughout the workout. And then, um, I have carbs right after the workout, but mind you in my meal preparation, I have already done the math to adjust for the carbs during the workout and the carbs post-workout. So I'm not having rice all day long, and then I'm adding a, pro, a carb shake, and then I'm adding a, a piece, like a cookie. I'm not adding those things on top of the carbs that I already have. I'm having, okay, like, this is just, this is just random numbers, but let, let's, say, let's say I'm trying to hit five, 500 grams of carbs in a day. Um, I'm not going to hit 500 grams of carbs in rice and oats and then tackle on the bananas that I eat, the one before and after, the cookie that I eat on a leg day and then the um the carb shake i have all that stuff counted into the 500 carbs that i'm going to be using mm. unless 
Okay, that's not true. On the leg days, I don't count the cookie. I'll just, <laughs> I just take the cookies. I just take the cookies. I usually try to eat like two or three cookies. Like I try to get, I try to get it in there. Yeah. But you definitely want to get carbs in there. Usually like a sugar. Okay, you don't have to have a cookie. I do that because I'm on a growth phase and I want to treat myself well. But you can have like a banana, whatever you want. But the purpose of that is because that sugar digests quickly and it's going to spike your insulin. And insulin is what builds muscle. Okay, but are we talking like crumble cookies or are we talking like, like the healthy Chips Ahoy or like the healthy – yeah, what kind of cookies do you eat? So I, to be honest with you, um, I like the cookie – like I walk into Walmart, you know like the pastry section? Mm-hmm. How they have like the um, – like you chop up like uh, they have – what are those like um, those like rows and it's got like the drizzle on top of it and you can like cut them up. They have like blueberry and raspberry. Those aren't cookies. That's not the one I'm talking about. It's not cookies. It's, like almost- it's got like a cream in it. Yeah. Yeah, those are awesome. Like that's I'll eat that or like last week Alex and I went through um you know those um ice cream sandwiches with the cookies on top and then the ice cream in the middle? Well, we had a, a variation of that. They were mini. They were mini. Um I would only have one of these because these are like equal to 3 cookies, but it was like a cookie with like a Oreo filling and it was like two cookies. So that was like, but I'll do that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly have any education or opinion on whether or not you should have Chips Ahoy or Oreo or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to go into it. Well, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and buy Walmart cookies right now. <laughs> if you've, if you've ever looked at the calories for like a crumble cookie, it's insane. It's like, mm. it's like close to a thousand for an entire cookie. And that's why I was like, okay, but, like, are you eating, like, the 1,000-calorie cookie, or mm. are you eating the ones that are, like... No, uh, I mean, I try to be mindful about it. I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not necessarily... To, again, I don't <laughs> eat carbs because I want to eat carbs. Yeah. I eat carbs because of the beneficial value of it. I just try to... I, I, to be honest with you, if it was up to me, I would just eat my meals all day long. But I, I know that when it comes cut time, I'm going to want more. So I'm going to say, oh, I wish that when I was in a bulk, I wish I would have taken advantage of the, the days where I didn't have to do cardio. Or I wish I would have taken advantage of the days where I can't eat a cookie. So I try to have a cookie because yeah. I try to live the life that you can still <laughs> do this and have a cookie. Yeah. You know, or you can still do this and have a steak. Like. No, I don't think that you should be going and grabbing a bunch of pizza and doing all this stuff. Like, I don't really think at the end of your weight loss journey, people say, like, how do you eat like this today? Well, I enjoy what I eat. You know, I have steaks and, like, I'll have pasta. I have fettuccine Alfredo. That's one of my favorite meals is fettuccine Alfredo, right? But I'll go out of my way to make sure I'm getting something. Like, the fettuccine, the Alfredo sauce that we get has healthy fats in it. You know, so even if I overdo the calories, I'm I'm consuming calories that are healthy for me. So sugar is not bad for your food. Okay, sugar an overconsumption of sugar is bad for you, but sugar is a quick digesting carb. Okay, and it's great for nutrients. It's great for post pre and post workout. So I definitely I definitely have sugar. Um, I'm not going to be doing as much sugar when it comes to a cutting phase, um, but uh, I definitely will have. I haven't yet decided. I'm going to talk to my coach too. I haven't yet decided if I'm going to keep any snacks or anything in there. I kind of pretty much know what my cut's going to look like. I'm, I'm probably going to intentionally make it pretty painful because I want to. I just want. I just want the results. So, um, but when I say painful, I don't mean painful in the way that like 
I'm going to be cutting my food or I'm just going to eat the same stuff every day because it's seamless and it's easy. Like I'd rather just have chicken and rice every day because it's quick and easy and I don't have to really worry about anything else. So that's kind of what I plan on doing. Except on Sundays. Well, with Sundays, what I'll probably with Sundays for my cutting phase, um, I haven't yet really figured out what I'll do. What I'm going to do for my um, I'm going to have a cheat day, really a cheat meal. Um, and that's going to be on a leg day, um, when I'm on my cut, because I would prefer to, um, again, I would prefer to use the calories. If I'm going to cheat, I'd prefer to use them. You know, like I don't have a problem with cheating when it comes to like diets. Like I, people hold themselves too mentally accountable to that. And at the same time, again, we're adults, you know, you do have to be responsible for what you're doing, but, um, but you can have, I have a like food, you know, it's not the end of the world. I try to keep it on, I work legs twice a week. So I try to keep it on leg days, but, um, I don't know that I'm going to be doing legs twice a week when I cut. I don't, I don't know. I don't know everything yet, but I do know that like when I cut, I'm probably going to try to keep it like just chicken and rice. I'm going to be having a lot of nutrients. So don't think that I'm going to be cutting back on the food to lose weight. I just might not have as much sugar or whatever it is. Um, but on Sundays, I'll definitely be hitting my, like on my rest days, I'll definitely be hitting my macros in protein. I'll even overconsume protein because honestly, the only benefit that protein has past your daily allotted amount that you should be consuming, the only benefit it has is satiety, right? Keeping you full. So like you can essentially eat protein. Essentially, you can eat as much protein as you want really like lean protein sources as much as you want. Um, you're not going to be able to really like, I don't think that you'll be able to shove 400 grams of protein in your, in, into you in a day. So I don't really think you have much to worry about, but we're not talking about 500, 600, 700 grams of protein. And if you're going to talk about those numbers, then I'm sure that we have something to, then there's some research that needs to be done on that. But for me, if I'm on a calorie deficit and I'm eating 240 grams of protein on Saturday through or Monday through Saturday and I have 300 grams of protein on Sunday I'm not stressing at that at all that's not a concern of mine at all but definitely what I'm doing is resting stretching um and just trying to constantly just I'm just trying to I'm trying to find like what you'll realize as you get further and further and further into fitness is that the more that you get into it, the more these, these things that you hear are actually important. Like, you know, like you try to tell your clients like, Hey, take a rest day or like, Hey, you don't need to do six days of cardio in a week. And that's because that's what I do. Like, that's what a lot of us do that are at a level where, you know, we are, um, living this life, you know, now it's, it's not really about my transformation anymore. You know, it's, this is a lifestyle for me. So, <clears throat> so, um, it's definitely important for me to get my rest. I mean, it would be it would be ridiculous for me to not not recover in a growth phase. That's the most important thing: is sleep, recovery, and carbs and water and salt. Those are the most important things. Granted, you already know that you need protein. That's the biggest mess ups that people have when they're in a growth phase is they don't understand salt, water, carbs, and sleep. That's the biggest problems that they have. They always think, "Oh, I had like I have young young men all the time." thing about the thing about my uh, Instagram is that I attract a lot of young men, typically men that don't have a lot of money. 
So I try to like help out, but the number one thing that I, they always like, I'm trying to gain muscle, whatever, what, it, what do I do? And I'm like, are you tracking your calories? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, first things first, you need to track your calories. Cause I guarantee you're not eating enough. My cousin texted me the other day and I'm like, and he said the same thing to me. And I'm like, dude, you need to, I like, you need to know what you're eating. There's no, I, I guarantee you're not eating enough food cause it should hurt. It should, it should hurt. Like by the end of this day, you should be like, I don't want this meal. You know, like it should, it should suck. Um, and that's an intense level of it. Okay. That's a more intense level of it, but yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I asked you to bring another topic and what did you bring? Um, so the research topic, like things that I've had to look up was, uh, yeah. Breastfeeding and menopause was something that I've had to look up. Um, I'm not an expert by, by any means. I promise you I'm not, but, um, but there are some tricky things with estrogen. Estrogen is tricky. Estrogen is an annoying hormone that um, visually, can, like you have a lot of, you can have a lot of water retention with estrogen. And that's huge, especially in females, like female clients. Um, especially being a male coach and coaching female clients, um, one of the hardest things is to get is to get people to understand that like you're not the first female client I've had and you won't be the last. And I've also gone to school for this. So, you know, like I understand that I don't have the estrogen that you have. I mean, I actually probably have more estrogen than a typical female being that I'm significantly larger, but, um, but, uh, yeah, estrogen is tricky. Estrogen is really tricky. I mean, estrogen is the reason why, um, I don't know everything that you guys go through, but estrogen is the reason, the reason why that you guys have a lot of, you know, things like temporary growths and shrinkage in your breasts um, and certain things like that. So estrogen is a very, very, very tricky uh, hormone to play with. Um, it's just a matter of keeping it regulated. Um, and that's going to be, again, with your healthy fats, that's going to be with your nutrients, keeping your hormones regulated. That's going to be, I, I promise you, like, especially for clients that, I mean, I, I promise you is like, as men, we have this, like, uh, we have like mental blowups in our head too. Um, and it might be easy for us to keep our composure and not like cry all the time, like cry, like, pr- like profusely cry or whatever. But you know, at the same, like we still have those too. And I promise you that like just a better diet is going to fix those kind of things. Like, you, this is what I'm talking about when clients come to me and they're like, yeah, but I have menopause or yeah, but I have, I have something that you don't, that you need to do more research on because I'm a special client. You know, and the reality is, is like, um, all right, well, first let's put you on a diet. Like, let's get your nutrition right. And then either the problem is already solved within a week or two, or it's significantly um, decreased and we don't really have to... um, we don't really have to worry about it as much. Like we can mitigate it, for example. So um, specifically to touch on the breast, breastfeeding, okay? Um, I only have one client about this, and this is the only bit of research that I've done on it. So um, yeah, with breast, breastfeeding clients, you actually need to eat more mm-hmm. than um, your typical uh, female client, right? Like uh, if I was to prescribe you a weight loss program or whatever, uh, like a meal, a meal plan, um, I would do it like considering your calories and your macronutrients. Um, and I would do it to put you on a small calorie deficit. 
excuse me, but with a, um, with a breastfeeding client, um, I, I know this for, uh, for example, I have one client who has, uh, who has, uh, a newborn and, um, she has these cookies. Okay. Uh, breastfeeding cookies. I don't know if you ever heard of those. Mm-hmm. I have, I have not until mm-hmm. I did this research, but yeah, this, uh, breastfeeding cookie. And one of the ways we, um, she's like, Hey, I need to eat this cookie. It's like 300 calories and it's, you know, supposed to be good, you know, stuff for my child. Okay, cool. So what's it look like? And I saw a picture of the macronutrients. It's got sugars in it. I'm like, all right, well, we're in a weight loss phase. So you're either going to have that cookie before or after the gym. And those are the best times. If you're going to do stuff like that, those are the best times to do it. I mean, I am biased because I am biased towards muscle growth. So I typically, for my, my own persons, I typically have my sugar after a workout. But you can definitely have a quick digesting sugar, a carb, uh, before your workout. And the only benefit to that is that um, it's supplying your body with carbs immediately, so you can use that right away. It goes right into your glucose. And your glucose is your energy for your muscles um, during your workout. So having the sugar before your workout, having that cookie, if you're breastfeeding, um, if you're a, a, a individual that's breastfeeding, um, having the cookie like right before your workout in a weight loss phase, so you have enough energy to, so you have enough energy to blast your muscles as hard as you can through the workout, and then the entire day of recovery is what's going to be burning those burning those calories. So um, I would have that cookie probably before in a weight loss cut in a weight loss phase. I would have that cookie probably before, and then in a muscle building phase, I would have that cookie right out directly after. So, so. is your is your diet different from like a breastfeeding mom and a menopause woman? No, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same thing as far as the nutrients, as far as healthy fats, healthy fats, proteins, proteins, carbs, carbs. You might like tuna and you might like chicken. So, you know, that might, that'll be the only difference. But as far as that goes, with, with menopause, the problem with menopause is um, you end up getting some water retention from that. Um, that can be very uh, visually deceiving. So, um, that's just the, that's the research I've done as far that's the extent of the research I've done. There's no, like, I, I can't, I can't get rid of your menopause. You know, I can't do that. So, um, there, the only thing that you have to do in that phase of your life is to, um, have some mental fortitude. That's, that's what it is. Like, that's the re- extent of the research that I've done with menopause is, you might not see what you want to see all the time because of the fluctuation in water retention. It's really going to come down to mental fortitude when it comes down to that. Um, but that's the research that I've done on that. And the reason why I even brought that up today as a topic is because that was something that when I first heard it, I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know if I could take this lady on because, like, this seems like a really difficult I, – I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. Like, I don't want to mess anything up or – you know, this is what I was like first coaching. This was uh, like four or five months ago. Um, but <clears throat> um, I mean, I've already known, I already knew everything that I needed to know about fitness and nutrition before I became a coach. I, I got all my certifications just for fun, right? I think I said that on the last one, like my company paid for it. So I wasn't planning on being a coach. So I kind of knew, knew what I needed to do 
um, before I became a coach. But being a coach, like, I've learned a lot of stuff. Can I um, give you homework? What is it? Can you? Because I feel like you would probably understand this really well if you looked into it. There is a science behind a woman's cycle. So there are four phases in your in like a woman's mm-hmm. cycle. Mm-hmm. And in one of those phases, you're supposed to be eating more carbs than you are in any other week because of the things that your body is doing during that time. Right. So did you know that? Uh-uh. Yes. Um, it's crazy because most females and I don't follow, eat I follow it. a lot of female um, female fitness. I, I haven't heard that one, so I have to... Yeah. I, that's why I said I'm going to give you homework to it look probably into isn't, that. It's just not the niche that attacks my yeah. for you page, honestly. Yeah. So, um, but then there's also so like women get test, testosterone um, spikes like throughout their cycle, mm-hmm. and so there's research behind them as well of like you should be lifting heavier on yeah. the weeks that you have more testosterone, mm-hmm. and then it makes sense why other weeks you can't lift as heavy. So, anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely, um, I'll definitely take that home and look into it. I'll, I'll probably look at it this afternoon, but because, um, because watch now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my next client is gonna is gonna say that to me, talk to me about that. I'm gonna be like, well, I know now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. Well, as um, I, I don't as as professional as I can come with with this conversation um, through a cycle, like a four week cycle with females, you you guys are experiencing a lot of, a lot of different levels. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely the most important thing is, I mean, you have to imagine the average person that's dealing with these symptoms is probably not um, eating fully right. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many teenage girls do you know that leave school and go to mcdonald's and they're super skinny it's you know? not taught like i wasn't taught how to feed my body properly right well i guarantee i guarantee that if you go to the doctor right and you talk to the doctor and he's like he, or and she's like you tell her whatever you say to her and she's like okay well you need to be eating better it's like how many times do, you're probably going to chick-fil-a on the way home from that doctor's appointment so it's like it's, I'm, I'm telling you, I know it sounds so cliche and I know it sounds like, oh, well, this guy, he doesn't know because it's like, you know, my specific is very unique. My, my situation is so unique and specific, but I'm telling you right now, like I'm telling you the first, the first medicine you need to do is fix the diet. We're like, all the same, but we're all different. We are, we, we are all the same and we're all different. So you need to, first of all, you need to properly, proper properly supplement yourself with the right nutrition and then we can work from there. Yeah. So, but I definitely think uh, that's definitely interesting. I can't imagine, I honestly cannot imagine that a 120 pound female would need a massive amount of influx of carbs one week. It, that wouldn't really make too much sense. I could imagine that there would need to be more carbs. Like there could be some type of situation, but there's no way that your body is running on an entire program. That's burning a thousand. You don't need a thousand calorie extra uh, per day of carbs. You know, there would be no way that you would need to do that. So, um, I'm sure that there could be some, there's some research and I'm definitely excited to look into that, but, but yeah, I mean, it seems realistic. I just, you know, I just need to look into it, but there's definitely no way that it would have to be like, uh, like black and white. You oh know? yeah. It would be like black and gray, you know, like one day <laughs> you're eating 
you know, a thousand calories and carbs and the next day you're probably eating 1200 or the next week you're probably eating 1200 or whatever. So just look into it. All right. I'm going to okay, tell I, you. I screwed up guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I won't touch. Yeah. I won't touch your stuff. Come on, act like you've been here before. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the Guinness World Record okay. for push-ups okay. in one hour. Okay. Now, I want you to think about there are 3,600 seconds in one hour. Okay. The world record is 3,249 push-ups in one hour. What's the math on that? What is... Yeah, so 3,600 seconds in one hour. And this guy did 3,249. So it would be, what, 3,600 divided by 3,249? Yeah. Which is 1.1 seconds per push-up. Yes. Yeah, I mean... A push-up is like one one thousand, or a second is one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand. Seconds are a lot slower than people think they are. Yes, I don't know. But I could mean, you? I don't know. I don't see it. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. No, I, especially towards the end of the hour. Absolutely not. Yeah, for sure, definitely not. How? But to keep up that pace, I mean, a one one point one one point one one point one seconds per push-up. That's a it's an insane ridiculous amount. pace. I don't even know if I did that math right. Yeah, it's I. Okay. I like to randomly look these up, and it was a guy from it was a male, and he was thirty years old. Mm-hmm. So, probably in the fitness industry yeah. for a while, you have to be in order to maintain that. Yeah, there's a lot of endurance that goes along with that too. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised of of multiple factors involved in that. For so, sure. do you do push-ups? Um, yeah, I'll do push-ups like in, uh, in a superset. I don't like just like wake up and do push-ups. Yeah. Like I'll do like a chest workout. And then after the chest workout, like during the chest workout, like I'll do like 10 push-ups, like just to kind of continuously stimulate all the time. Yeah. But you haven't like maxed out on push-ups? No, I don't think. <laughs> Not I mean, your desire. I mean, the last time, I mean, when we were in, when I was in the military, I used to do, um, we used to do push-ups. Like, I don't know. I think I've, I mean, I've gotten somewhere around like... <laughs> The book says I've gotten somewhere around a couple hundred, like a hundred push-ups or so. In the military, you have like a you and then a person. Probably shouldn't be saying this, but you have you and a person across from you, and you have a moderator who just like walks around. So they're not really keeping track. So if you and your buddy are cool, you know it'll be like, all right, one, two, three, seven push-ups, twelve push-ups, and it's like, oh wow, you got to one hundred and twenty push-ups real fast. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what my numbers were, but. But I don't know if I was ever even, I don't know if I ever even, what, I don't know if my partner has ever even submitted a realistic number of push-ups. Not to say that I'm a cheater or anything, <laughs> but, but I'm sure that my partner has never actually said whatever amount of push-ups I've ever done in the military. I'm sure it was over-exaggerated by half of what, yeah. or double what it should be. I couldn't, I just, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around, like, getting to, like, 100 push-ups and being like, I still have... 3,000 more. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine that that would be, especially if you're, yeah, like, I would be thinking about it, like, one minute has gone down, and then I'm like, especially if the moderator was, like, one minute down, it's like, oh, my God, I got 59 more of those, dude, like, that would be horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely horrendous. There's, 
Like you, you have to play the mental game of it. Then, like you have to want that bad enough yeah. to just not walk away. Well, you know, not to beat a dead dead horse, but carbs. Yeah. Carbs. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely carb load for. He's definitely definitely you definitely carb load before that. Guarantee you, after he was done, his pump was wicked. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so I would have I would have salt, electrolytes, carbs. I would do that definitely. Anyway, I thought that was just a cool fact. What is your go-to leg day? Um, my go-to, like the workout that I do? Yeah, like if you had to pick a favorite leg day. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't always train legs twice a week. I'm only doing that kind of like for like a four-week period. And then I'll probably go, I'll probably retract, like I'll probably slow down that. Also, my first leg day isn't as, my second leg day is not as intense as my first one. Although, I would argue that all of my workouts are fairly intense. Um, but I would definitely argue that on my Wednesday leg days, I'm doing things that I, like, I'm doing things that it's like, man, I don't need to do this. You know, like, I, I always, I go out on when it comes to legs. I love training legs. Um, my go-to leg workout, to be honest with you. So, fitness is interesting, to really, like, you think that like people, people are so overconsumed with the gym, but in reality, it's not the gym that shows your results. It's your diet. So really, you can just go to the gym and do like any four leg workouts that you want to, and you're gonna see, you're gonna see gains. Um, now it's smart to organize it. You don't want to do four hamstring workouts because then you'll have no quads or no glute. You know, so I try to. What I'll try to do. So what I typically do, I always start with calves. Um, because calves are my most underdeveloped muscle. Um, although I've made great progress on them in, in the years, um, they're just, I don't think that my calves, you probably ask Alex, my girlfriend, she'll probably say that this isn't true, but, um, I think my calves are unproportional compared to my other, uh, muscle groups. So I definitely always try to blast my calves the first thing in the workout. And when I say blast these things, dude, like I'm talking like, I start with a warm-up set of, like, no weight. And then uh, my second set, I'll do, like, I don't do, I have, like, things in my head. Okay, these are the things that I do to increase my workouts. I don't necessarily follow the same exact, um, down to this little tiny detail. So, like, I might do a superset of calves. I might come in here and be like, I'm going to do... 70 calf reps. I'm going to start at hundred pounds and I'm going to go down to 30. I'm going to do 30 pounds, but every single, I'm just going to do 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. I'm going up in the weights, like mm-hmm. the, the less weights, you know, if I'm doing it like on a machine or something, I'm doing like calf, uh, calf extensions, right? Standing calf extensions. I would do that. And then I'm just going to blast my calves, whatever I do. It doesn't matter what particular intensity, um, technique that I use. I will always walk away with sore calves. So I'll either do like an intense burn of like a drop set and I I might do a pyramid set where I do, um, uh, I go up. So like 50, 70, 90, 70, 50. So that's a pyramid set, right? Like a triangle or a pyramid. Um, but, (laughs) but, um, so that like, I'll do that or, um, or I'll do some extreme stretching, 
right? I usually always do that, kind of, to be honest with you. I always do that. Like, I'll always stretch under tension, underweight. Um, but I won't start with that. I will, um, like, get blood in there, move around, lactic acid. Like, when you're, you know, when you're, like, working out calves and your legs just get really, really painful, I'll do that um, and then let that lactic acid build up and then I'll step off, let that lactic acid like flush out, cool down, get right back up there and just hit it again. So I'm always doing that. But um, that's what I'll do for that. And then I'll usually go over to like leg press. Um, I usually try to get like a compound movement in there only to because technically this is my first official workout um, after the calves. Like we're not like the calves are um, – Obviously, they're a whole part of the leg, but there's only a certain few workouts you can do. And I have glutes, hammies, and um, quads that I have to work on. So I'll do the calves. After I'm done the calves, I usually go right to the leg press. And what I do with the leg press is the reason I do the leg press is because I'm able to get a real good stretch. And I'm able to do a whole full set. Like, I'm able to do a whole full rep range. Like, all that weight on top of me coming down is able to push my legs as far back as I can possibly go. And then I just have to push it forward. So, you know, I'll do, I'll start with, like, 315 on there or three plates on each side. And then I'll just do, like, a whole, I'll come all the way down and I'll literally sit with my legs, like, my knees to my chest to, like, allow it to stretch. And then I'll do, like, a whole set of 10 and then I'll add like four plates and then I'll add five plates, six plates, and then I'll go down five plates, four plates, three plates. And then if I'm like feeling super motivated, I'll go down two plates, one plates just to kind of like get that extra burn. But I still got other workouts to do. Typically right after that, I'll go into, um, Sorry, did you say five, three plates, four plates, five plates, six plates, five plates, three on each side. Four plates on each side, five plates, six plates on each side. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, t- to be honest, like you'll see, like you can see, like pictures on YouTube, like dudes are like doing a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I know that that's a fair amount, but, um, but that's dude, dudes are doing a lot. Thing about leg press is like people are so people approach fitness and nutrition so wrong. Like, okay, I want to lose weight, so I don't eat. Right. Same thing with leg press. They think like, okay, I'm gonna load this up with 14 damn plates, and then I'm gonna do this, you know, and it's like, that's not. So, I mean, when I'm talking six plates on each side, I'm doing full, I'm going down and up all the way. I'm getting a full stretch at the top and a full contract. Well, technically this is the bottom. So I'm getting a full contraction at the bottom or a full stretch at the bottom. And then a full contraction at the top. Um, when I'm doing that every single time or a full, hold on. Yeah. Full stretch at the bottom, full contraction at the top. Sorry. Okay. I'm getting confused there, but, um, um, that's typically what I'll do. So I'll run through that. And then I like going over to, um, like Bulgarian split squats after that, but I do Bulgarian split squats, like a real menacing way I'll do where I like have my feet, like I'll put my feet like together like this and I'll stand far away from whatever I go to put my foot up on. Usually it's like, you ever see those, like, um, those little like rails in the gym and they have like, uh, the, the, um, the little pillows around them like the little, um, the little fabric pillows. Like, you know how you do, uh, hip thrusts and you got those little pillows that you guys, that people put on the bar. Yeah. So like I'll have like a bar or something like that with like a pillow on there and I'll kick my, I'll literally put my feet together, bend down to grab, to grab my weight, like to get my, my balance. And then I'll kick my foot back so far, like not knowing, like not knowing how far back it is back there, but literally my split squats 
normally I think people look like this when they're doing split squats, right? My split squats are like this. So like when I'm going down with this leg, um, I, this hamstring, I know you, this is so weird, right? But like when I'm going down, this hamstring is getting a full stretch because I have it so, so forward extended. This hamstring is getting a full stretch and that glute. Oh my God. I'm telling you, my glutes have grown significantly because of Bulgarians of wide, far Bulgarian split squats, all of my clients, but particularly I won't tell my male clients this. I'll make them do Bulgarian split squats the way that I do it. But all of my female clients, I'm like, this is the best glute workout ever. And they're like, oh, I love this workout. So, <laughs> so it works out. It works out. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> but usually the, um, yeah, usually people don't really like the workout in, in the most part. It's it's a pretty, like when you're kicking your legs out that far, it's it's pretty hard. But you continue to do it. Um, it hurts. You can maybe get five. But eventually you'll get to doing 30. Like right now I'm doing like uh, 10 or, or uh, like I'll do like 10 pounds on each side Then I'll do 10 and then I'll drop one, 10, drop one, 10. And then I switch the leg, do the other leg. And I'll do that usually two, two times. So then there it is. I've worked uh, quads. I've did a compound lift. I did calves. I did um, hammies and glute in three workouts. So now I have a workout. I probably want to do uh, like a calf or uh, a quad focus to get more blast on my quads. So I'll do like leg extensions. But if I'm going to do or actually scratch that recently, what I've been doing is I've been doing a superset of Bulgarian split squats and then um, goblet squats, elevated goblet squats. I've been doing that recently. But before the last two or three leg days, uh, with me and my, my gym partner and I, that's what we, we've been doing. But prior to that, we were doing a superset leg extensions, leg curls, just like back and forth, like three of us, like the two of us three times nonstop, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then when I'm done that, I'll go over to the Smith machine and I'll do some heavy ass squats and I'll finish off with like a pre-exhaustion. And typically I try to, I try to go as heavy as I can. Um, but I try to like, I like walking out of the gym. Like I like walking out of the gym, like, like, like stumbling to be honest with you. Like that's what I'm looking for when I'm trying to do legs. Yeah. So I don't really think that there's a, so as far as like whether you want to, um, incorporate your compound lift in the beginning of the workout or do a more pre-exhaustion route. Um, are you, you're familiar with pre-exhaustion? Not really. Oh, all right. So some people definitely do um, try to incorporate. Um, some people try to do a compound lift prior to the workout, and then some people try to do the compound lift um, after, um, which is pre-exhausting training. So you do your isolated movements before, and then you do you basically blast your legs. the The entire idea of that is to basically trick your legs into thinking that you're lifting a lot of weight. So if I've already exhausted my legs. In the entire workout, let's say I've just done this menacing workout. If I do squats after this, I can do like 135 pounds on squats, but my legs will think I'm doing 315, right? So basically the, the, um, the thought process behind pre-exhaustion training is it's easier on your body because technically you're doing the compound movement after you've done the isolation movement. So you're actually not blasting your muscles with this heavy weight. Whereas if you start your workout, the only way you're going to be able to get a good workout with a compound movement is, 
is by putting on heavy weight. So that's the only way you're going to get like, cause you're not going to be able, I'm not going to be able to do 135 pounds, three sets of 10. And that's not going to do anything for me. So if I have to do squats, I'll do like one set of five at like 135, like in the beginning of my workout, I'll do like one set of five at like 135 to warm it up. But I'm immediately going to 225 and I'm getting to 315. Like that's what I'm looking to do. Or even 405, like I'm trying to go heavy and blast my legs as much, much weight as I possibly can. But you have to think doing that over 20 years is definitely going to put it's a it's a spine spine loaded it's a weight bearing it's a weight loaded I don't know what the exact it's it it's it's a spine bearing lift okay so in other words all that weight is right on top of your spine a squat is right on top of your spine so after you know after years of doing it after like years of different different studies people have found out that you can do pre exhaustion training where you do isolated movements and then you do um, your compound movements afterwards in order to um, not have to load as much weight on there. So basically we're looking for longevity. Um, I don't think that there's anything in particular. I don't think, I think that there's plenty of studies that talk about before or after um, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to push my particular um, my particular training program on, on just an average client, uh, maybe like a bodybuilding client or a, a strength and conditioning client. I might say like, Hey, this is the way I want you to do it. And I'll do the research based off that. Um, but typical, but that's how I train. That's what I like doing. I'm about longevity. I don't want to, um, I don't want to be crippled, you know, in a couple of years cause I lifted so much weight, you know, I don't want to, um, like hurt myself so much. So, um, I am definitely in it for the long term. I try to stay away from squats, bench presses, and um, deadlifts. I'll do squats, but I do squats only on the Smith machine. So I have some guidance alongside with that. And I'm actually able to get a lot of weight on that Smith machine because of the amount of guidance that it has. Now, my, my Smith machine at my gym is counterbalanced. So the bar is no, no weight. Like you can just take the bar and just toss it up and down. Like it's no weight. It's on a track. So it has counterbalance to it. But what, so whatever I throw on there is the weight that I'm pushing. So it's not, there's no, there's no um, extra weight though on the counterbalance. So like if I put on uh, three, if I put on six 45 pound plates, I'm squatting six 45 pound plates. You know what I mean? All together, or three on three on each side, and that's not so that's and that's not including the bar because, like I said, the bar's counterbalanced. So, um, I guess that kind of goes against my logic a little bit because I still do. I I enjoy lifting heavy. That's the problem. The problem is I enjoy lifting heavy. I the way I counter the way I the way I justify my argument is I I could say I could be lifting more, and I don't. So I. 315, it's a lot, it's a lot of weight, but, um, you know, we're, you know, I, 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 I can push and I can push that weight. 405 would be a territory or, um, or, um, 485 would be a territory that I would be less or 495 would be a territory that I'd be less like 405 and 495 would be a territory that I would not want to really go into. Um, or even honestly, anything, honestly, anything over 315, for now, yeah. for now, until I get more muscle and I, I'm more advanced and 
you know, 405 feels like 315. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up with that. Thanks for listening to part two of Pete's episode. Where can people find you? Um, my Instagram is um, Peak Physique by Pete, and that's on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is all one word. Facebook is separated. Well, thank you for coming back. Make sure you download, like, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Anyway, have a good day, friends. Bye.